the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 16th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on August 16, 1977, Elvis Presley died at his now famous Graceland Estate in Memphis, Tennessee. He was 42 years old. Interesting story about Elvis Presley. I have a lot to say today, so I won't get into this, but when he and his mother moved to Memphis from um, the town that he was born in, I can't remember, it's some little town there in the south, they attended a church. I knew the pastor of that church. It was a, a large church in Memphis. I knew the pastor quite well, Wayman Rogers. He told me a lot about the family and about Elvis. He was just an ordinary kid growing up running the, the aisles and the halls of the church. Interesting how he heard the gospel day in and day out, Sunday in and Sunday out, because Wayman preached the gospel. And yet he went the direction he went. But you hear the stories of Elvis and you hear how much he loved gospel music and everything. Well, there was a reason for that. He was brought up in that environment. And um, sad story, very sad story. Anyway, he died today in 1977. He was 42 years old. Today in 1777... American forces won the Battle of Bennington in what was considered a turning point of the Revolutionary War. Today in 1777, France declared bankruptcy. Today in 1812, Detroit fell to British and Native American forces in the War of 1812. Today in 1861, President Abraham Lincoln issued Proclamation 86 that prohibited the states of the Union from engaging in commercial trade with states that were in rebellion, that is, the Confederacy. Today, in 1954, Sports Illustrated was first published by Time Magazine, Incorporated. Today, in 1978, James Earl Ray, the convicted assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., told a Capitol Hill hearing he did not commit the crime. He said he'd been set up by a mysterious man whose name was Raoul. Today, in 1988, IBM introduced what they called artificial intelligence, or AI. They were among the first of the, of the tech people to come out with this. Now it's commonplace, and it has a growing presence, whether we know it or not, in our lives through the Internet. Today, in 2018, Aretha Franklin, she was probably the undisputed queen of soul music. Her dad was a pastor in Detroit, Dr. Franklin. A lot of the famous black singers came out of that church in Detroit back in the 50s and 60s. They grew up in that church. They learned to sing in that church. I think Whitney Houston's mother was one of them, or she herself, I'm not sure. But anyway, Aretha Franklin died of pancreatic cancer. Today, in 2018, she was 76 years old. Afghanistan, as you probably have heard, has fallen to the Taliban in a matter of hours, not days, weeks, or months. 
U.S. personnel is being evacuated, except that has been halted. I'll come back to that in a moment. 6,000 troops are going to be deployed there. President Gahani, he has fled the country. He's gone. Historic humiliation for President Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been, as some of the press have said, hiding. <laughs> Biden has been hiding <laughs> as his own personal Vietnam unfolds. Rarely has an American president's predictions been so wrong, so fast, so convincingly as President Biden on Afghanistan. It's unbelievable. Just five weeks ago, Biden assured Americans the likelihood that there's going to be a Taliban overrunning of everything and owning the country is highly unlikely. Those are his words. Just days ago, a few weeks ago. What made the prediction ludicrous, even at the time, was that some of his generals were telling him that there were very few reliable units in the Afghan army that could resist the Taliban. The end game was always going to be played out swiftly and with minimum resistance from the Afghan National Army. In April, Biden said, quote, We will not conduct a hasty rush to exit. We'll do it responsibly, deliberately, and safely. Those are his words. The President of the United States. The Biden press is surprisingly harsh this morning. The New York Times headline says freefall in Afghanistan. That is true. The Guardian, another way left out of England, but they have a real presence here in America, many readers. The Guardian headline, Afghanistan will be seen as Joe Biden's defeat, and it may come back to haunt him. As late as Saturday evening, Biden insisted that the drawdown of U.S. troops would continue, but this isn't and wasn't some calm and orderly retreat for sure. There was a mad dash for the safety at the Cabal airport, and Biden was speaking as if he had a choice. He was talking as though he was ordering people to go to the airport. They were running the streets of Kabul and other cities in Afghanistan, running for their lives. Thousands were headed for the airport. This was over the weekend. Now, this morning, as we speak this morning, right now, as we originate live at 9 o'clock Pacific time, President Biden has now said he will shorten his vacation he will come back, apparently, to Washington, but he will make a speech today at 3.45 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's 12.45 today here on the West Coast. He's going to be updating us on the ongoing situation in Afghanistan. 35 minutes ago, just before I came on the air this morning, evacuation flights had been halted, leaving Cabal Airport. I'm not sure what that means, and neither is the press, because they're not getting very good information. What we do know this morning, as I originate live, now some of you hear this program a little later and things will have changed over the next couple of hours, but as we speak right now, German planes are in the air there to help evacuate Americans and people, Afghanis who work for American uh companies, and particularly the, the American government, German planes are there to assist in this, but they can't land. They're circling the airport. It's that bad. Hundreds, they're saying an hour ago, now probably thousands, are rushing onto the out into the airport, onto the landing strips. So planes can't leave, and the planes that are overhead can't land. It's a mess. 
Europe is calling emergency meetings. They're deeply concerned over this. Chaos is starting to be felt around the world, according to a number of national news sources this morning. Seven people have already been killed this morning at the Cabal International Airport, not by shooting or stabbing, just they don't know how they were killed. We'll learn that today as the day progresses, and I would suggest that there will probably be more than seven who will be killed today in this disaster. Joe Biden himself, as president of the United States, this is his deal. There is no way he can wiggle out of it. It is sad for our country. It is alarming to the world. Europe, as I said, is hastily getting together with video meetings and Merkel and France and all these guys, Germany, France, England, all these guys are getting together saying, we got to, you know, circle the wagons. We don't know what's going to happen, what's going to come out of this. It is virtually chaos around the world. That's what leftists, progressive ideology, that's where it takes us. Their policies always lead to chaos. Socialism always leads to poverty. It always does. It always leads to a lack of freedom. The Taliban, over the weekend, it was interesting to me. I followed this very closely. It progressed. The Taliban, they announced on yesterday, had entered the presidential palace of the city of Kabul, Afghanistan, and they were now in control of the country. Now the whole world knows it. The group will soon, possibly today, they're going to be declaring that Afghanistan is now the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Even CNN yesterday, they're asking how President Biden could have been so wrong on the way he handled our withdrawal from Afghanistan. They're asking how could General Mark Milley, he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, be so wrong in his calculations. I want to talk about that for a moment today. I want to talk about how the woke movement is beginning to undermine our foundations and beginning to have real consequences in the world in which we live. Let me give you a quick update. On Saturday, after leaving the White House on Thursday, after days of silence in Wilmington and Camp David on vacation, and everybody needs a vacation. I'm going to take off a few days later on this fall sometime. I haven't taken a break off this program since, I mean, hey, maybe I'm so bad I have to work every day while other people are so good at what they do they don't have to. I don't know. But anyway, I haven't taken any time off. I'm going to. So it isn't really about that. But I mean, Biden goes on his vacation and he won't even address this thing. I mean, at first, now he has no choice. But he finally made a statement late Saturday on this fiasco. And he said he was watching it. He said, I've been in, I'm quoting him, I've been in, this was Saturday now, I've been in close contact with my national security team to give them direction on how to protect our interests and values as we end our military mission in Afghanistan. Doesn't that sound like a guy that's been a politician for 50 years? And he said, quote, I have authorized the deployment of about 5,000 troops, it's actually 6,000, to make sure that we have an orderly and safe drawdown of U.S. personnel. Our president also warned that the Taliban, if they uh, put any of our, our U.S. personnel on the, or on the people on the mission at risk, that they will be met with swift and strong 
military response. Well, there are people questioning that today around the world, and for good reason. They don't know that America will do anything except talk. As Biden prepared for the imminent, catastrophic, and embarrassing defeat, he began attempting to blame Trump. They always do that. It didn't stick because too many people are too aware of what Trump was going to do. He has not embraced Trump's um, plan for withdrawal from Afghanistan. I know there are people that think we should have stayed there indefinitely. I don't personally agree that we should be fighting wars all over the world all the time. That's what the Roman Empire did, literally, and, and that was that and moral corruption are the reasons, those two, that the Roman Empire fell, collapsed. I've read the history, and boy, there's volumes of it, but I've studied it over the years, and that is the bottom line. It was a moral failure. It was a military. They just thought they were invincible. They kept fighting wars further and further and further out, and they were so distracted and so stretched, even the wealthy Roman Empire, they ultimately collapsed. Well, anyway, <clears throat> this thing started to unravel Saturday evening. U.S. Embassy workers began destroying sensitive and classified materials. They were burning them, shredding them, whatever they could do. Now, yesterday, by yesterday, the Taliban had entered the presidential palace in the capital city of Kabul and were in control of the entire country. All the soldiers said their commanders, after receiving a message to surrender from the Taliban, decided to surrender. They didn't fight. They just gave up. The Taliban insurgents took over the capital without fighting. It was handed to them out of fear. Maybe, maybe the Afghan army didn't really ever buy into an allegiance or an alliance with America. They just put up with us till they could get rid of us. But they really wanted to join the Taliban who wants to destroy us. The Times of India was confirming yesterday that the Taliban did indeed control the presidential palace now. Pictures of the Taliban inside the palace at the former president's desk. He fled the country. It was appearing on Al Jazeera TV late last night in Kabul. You'll see it today. It'll be in the news. Even the Taliban themselves said they were kind of rubbing their eyes in disbelief at how quickly and how easily the Afghan forces crumpled. I mean, they couldn't believe it. President Biden, he probably is rubbing his own eyes today. At least he says, well, I better give a speech, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose he should. But following the Taliban's stunning takeover of the entire country in just a few days, this mullah, Barada, he told the Taliban, one of the Islamic leaders, he told the Taliban, he said, quote, we have reached a victory that we couldn't imagine. We should show humility in front of Allah. Now it's time to test. Now it's about how we serve and secure our people and ensure their future good life to the best of ability. I'm quoting him verbatim, to the best of ability. All this is actually more than that. It's about bringing down the great Satan, America. It's about pushing little Satan, Israel, into the sea. I don't want to get into predicting this morning. I'm here to talk to you about what's actually happening. But I will say, I would suggest that probably Iran is going to immediately show great interest as we speak in what's going on there. Because this will be of great value 
to Iran and Russia. And don't think for a moment that China isn't taking notes on America's response to this whole mess in Afghanistan. Back in July of just last month, President Biden said, quote, I'm quoting him, the, ta- the Taliban is not the North Vietnamese army. Peter Ducey at Fox had asked the question, do you see any parallels here, the way this thing is going down in, in, uh, in Afghanistan? Do you see any parallels with Afghanistan and with Vietnam? And Biden really bristled because all of us who are over 40 kind of have a memory of the way Vietnam played out don't we? He said, the Taliban is not the North Vietnamese army. Got real bristly about it. I watched the video. He said, they're not remotely uh, comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where we're going to see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. Of course, as we speak today, They are trying to get in helicopters to lift people out of the embassy. To take them to the airport where they can't land. An airport that is in chaos with thousands by now people on the runways. The planes can neither land nor take off. Chairman of the the Joint Chiefs of Staff is General Mark Milley. He told reporters at a press conference on July 21st, that's what, just three, four weeks ago, five weeks, less than a month. He told them at a press conference July 21st that the local military was fully capable, this local is Afghanistan, was fully capable of defending Afghanistan from the insurgent Islamic terrorist militia. But Millie's been distracted. And I think this is important that we get this part of this, what has turned into a global chaos. Last June, he was the guy with all the decorations on his, on his, you know, uniform. He's the guy that apologized. He said, I feel I must apologize to the country and to the world because I walked with President Trump when he walked across Lafayette Square to the historic church across from the White House. Remember when Trump, I'm, and maybe it was, well-advised, maybe it was ill-advised. It, it was probably spontaneous on Trump's part. That's kind of who he is. But remember, he took a Bible and he walked across Lafayette Square and he stood in front of that historic church and he held up his Bible and made some comments. And um, the press and the left just went crazy. And they said that the the security people had used you know tear gas to clear the way so the president could very pompously walk across there it all turned out to be a lie they were clearing the area long before trump even probably decided to walk across there he didn't order anyone to do anything on his behalf of walking across there he just did it but they made quite a big deal out of that but it finally leaked out after the fact as it always does or most often the fact that Trump didn't order anybody to clear the way for him. But several people walked with him over there. Well, this Milley guy was one of Mark Milley. He's the, as I said, he's the uh, chief of the joint chief of staff uh, chairman. And so he apologized in July for being a part of that group. He's the guy that's been telling Biden all along, and the press, when they ask, that there's no problem. 
Afghanistan is fully capable. There's no problem. In June of this year, though, he was all involved in defending the use of critical race theory materials in suggesting reading lists for members of the U.S. Navy. And he's a powerful guy. So this just isn't some guy like me out here suggesting, boy, I wish our military... This is... He's a big deal. He was saying, this is just this year, that it will help our armed forces to understand the white rage that he says motivated the Capitol riot back on back in earlier this year. He is so motivated and so incensed and apparently dislikes Trump, perhaps hates Trump so much that he's obsessed with this. Yesterday morning on Sunday, helicopters airlifted American embassy personnel from the U.S. embassy after terrorists entered the city, the outlying districts. He is the guy who's been telling the president, don't worry about it. We're good. We got this. They'll be fine. It may deteriorate over, you know, down the road somewhere, but the press will forget about it. We don't care. Whatever. I mean, that's what they've been telling them. Yesterday, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Whatever you think of Nancy, she's third in line to the presidency, and she's a powerful woman, unfortunately, one of the most powerful in our government at this time. Nancy Pelosi said President Joe Biden is to be, I'm quoting her, is to be commended for the actions he has taken. He hadn't taken any actions except to order everybody out of town because the Afghanis would just do fine and they would take over, and the Taliban would never, ever find a country on which to base themselves and their terrorist activities particularly directed at America and Israel. She commends him. She praised Biden. She said, I praise his uh, astuteness for the wisdom of his actions. Eight days ago, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, he's a spirit-filled, spirit-led Christian, first in his class at in uh, military school, and he's been a leader his whole life. He is a dynamic person. He'd make a great president. I wish he would run. He warned the Biden. He was Secretary of State under uh, Trump. He warned the Biden administration eight days ago that he must exit Afghanistan in a way that prevents the Taliban from using it as a staging ground for new attacks on the United States of America. He told them that. They didn't listen. The humiliating and the sudden collapse of the Afghan government to the Taliban forces and the rushed evacuation of the American embassy in Kabul in these last days, especially the last two or three days, since this prophetic warning, it indicates that Biden administration was in no way prepared to complete this mission. They didn't know what they were doing or or they don't care. The Taliban victory follows Biden's breaking the peace deal that former President Trump had negotiated. Now, there's a lot of conversation out there today, and it's going to involve, like, unfortunately, President Biden took President Trump's lead and followed through on that. The Spokesman Review in Spokane, Washington, the spoke, and we have lots of listeners there, the Spokesman Review ran a, a feature article over the weekend. I think they published it Saturday, but it was still featured yesterday. It's about a local guy, Spokane Valley native, Ryan Crocker. He uh, was in the Obama administration. Um, Spokane Valley is an area of part of Spokane. It's a suburb area. Anyway, he was born and raised there, apparently. He's a native there. 
and he w- worked under the Obama administration. Well, they did a big, it's a large story, the, the Spokesman Review, Spokane newspaper. And they did a story on it. It was very favorable and, and very interesting. He, they should have covered him. He's a local guy, and I, I don't know him. I don't think I have any contact with any of his family, but some of you may in that they live there, and they he grew up there. But anyway, he said, I think he told them, I just want to lift a couple of quotes from what he said. He said, I think the direction was predictable. The trajectory was not. He said, what President Biden has done to embrace the Afghan policy of President Trump, and this is the outcome. So he was blaming Trump for Biden's inability to serve as president. And that's not true. And I'm not to defend Trump, except to let's just turn on the light and be clear here. I don't know this man. He may be a good guy. Ryan Crocker, he probably is. But he's wrong on that. I know he's been there. He served there. And then he was back under Obama as the ambassador uh, in the country in 2011 and 2012. But that isn't exactly correct, what he's saying. That is a talking point of the left, especially this morning, but over the last few days. But he said Afghan forces without that air support. That air support was what Trump had talked about, not Biden. Biden said we don't need air support. And air support was one of the things that Trump had embedded in what he was doing. Now Crocker is saying, on the one hand, Biden shouldn't have followed Trump's plan. And on the other hand, saying he should have had air support. So he's kind of, with all due respect to a Spokane native, he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth. However, he goes on to say, and in fairness, I have, I, I need to quote this. He said, a total lack of coordinated post-withdrawal planning on our part is what we're seeing today is, is, is the way he described it. He said, that's why this is all so sad. He said, it is a self-inflicted wound, a self-inflicted wound, kind of a death wish, actually. He said, I'm left with some grave questions in my mind about his, President Biden's, ability to lead our nation as commander in chief. Crocker said, quote, to have read this so wrong or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. I think that may be one of the most important things he said in that very lengthy interview in this Spokesman Review. We've heard the phrase death wish often. Do you suppose there could be people that hate America so much? Barack Obama, I'm not suggesting that he or Joe Biden or anyone like that. I I don't know what they think in their heart, but could it be that some People hate America so much. They've condemned us so much over our whiteness, our our white supremacy, our racism, and on and on and on, that there are people that hate America so much that they kind of secretly wish that America would collapse so it could be remade, was the word that Barack Obama used so much. Others are even more blatant that it would just be extinguished. Could it be? that there are people who have sort of a twisted, perverted death wish. And could it be that they're in places places of authority? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. What I do know is that some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord 
our God. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of our the Lord, our God. I'm out of time. We'll continue tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.